Welcome to the You're Not Alone podcast, where freedom, health, and wholeness is our mission. In each episode, we will expose the lie that you are alone in your struggles and your pain. We share truth through our stories using the power of vulnerability and honesty, empowering you to live the life you are destined to live. Welcome back to You're Not Alone. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm Jamie. Uh, and we have our two favorite Australians. We are your only favorite Australians, Chris. <laughs> you, okay, you're, that's fine. Uh, you're my only Australians. We'll yeah. see. You know, there's, we're in different groups this year. We Maybe are very we'll fond of you, for sure. Mm. Yes. We yeah. may have to start bribing them with Vegemite. Ooh. No, that would... In, that would Push them away, I think. <laughs> Rubbish. It's the best stuff. <laughs> oh, Vegemite. Yeah, I've heard of that I've never stuff. tried it. By the way, we have Scott and Helen back with us again. Yes. This is part two of uh, their amazing transformation and journey. And so if you haven't got to know their claims to, to fame is that uh, Scott is the most amazing white Australian rapper you have ever <laughs> heard in your life that's right i mean in the house you in the house yeah. yeah and uh helen is you know what i'm just gonna say helen carries motherhood really really yeah, well she does. and uh person yeah, she does. you don't have any kids but you have well at this point you have at least 60 of them running around <laughs> here in reading and across uh, really around the world right you know, and uh now you guys are in another you're coming in for your second year yep. here at Bethel. You're in this whole different revival group again, in the and so of ministry. Yep. And uh, if you have Helen and Scott in your revival group, you are so fortunate because yes. this is they one of the most loving, powerful couples that with a lot of faith. Yep. You know, I've seen Scott. Oh, we, we probably need to talk about Dance Day too. We'll have to. We'll we'll get. Well, I'll have to. Yeah, we'll get to Dance Day. That was, that was honestly one of my favorite days. Really? It for to watch you. That guys. was a big. Oh, oh, right. Breakthrough day for Chris. That was a huge breakthrough. Like scared to mm -hmm. death of dance. Okay, let's just talk about Dance Day real quick. And so, they they brought one of the worship leaders in here in our environment, and I remember they had told us the day before that that there was something special and i knew this is the same week actually as the dia diabolical bag of tricks was i remember it, it was wow it, this was this was, was like week this was the next day so wednesday was our, the day where we had to do our things and then thursday i think peter mattis came in to teach and they said look there's not going to be any chairs there's, there's it's going to be something special and i knew that this was going to be like they're going to make like <laughs> dance, and this is a fear of mine ever since I could remember. Yeah, um, you're not fond of dancing. I'm not. Even with me, he's I, not fond of dancing. I'm, I'm <laughs> Even not. in the kitchen, no, I know. I no, try. No, I do. Sometimes does. he does begrudgingly, but he. <laughs> it is begrudgingly. It is not one of my spiritual giftings. Uh. It's just not. And uh, I remember coming in scared to death. And uh, somehow we ended up kind of in the upper balcony at the Civic Center here. There's a main floor, then there's like an upper upper lobby. And we were together. And I remember being like next to you guys. Yeah. And I did that purposely. And like, okay, I know that Scott, being the wild risk taker he is, he's going to go all out for this. <laughs> I think Helen's maybe a little bit more like me, a little bit petrified. petrified. Oh. <laughs> Literally. 
Where's then Jamie? Now, I like to dance at home, but I'm not used to dancing in front of people. So I was a little scared, too. But here's the thing. If you don't know this about Jamie, she embraces risk really well. Do I, though? I think so. Okay. Like, okay. But she also really embraces authority. So if she's asked to do something. I will comply. She is a rule follower (laughs) to the point where I want to strangle her sometimes. Oh, that's funny. Because I'm like, there's not a rule that's not made to be bent, if not broken (laughs) in some fashion or form. I'm the same as you, Jamie. That's the only reason I did right. stay because like, they told us okay, to. Okay, fine. <laughs> yes. And that's the reason I was up the back for a quick, quick escape. But um, <laughs> I, if it would have been like if, yeah, I'm trying to decide. Like I knew Jamie would kill me if I left. I would literally <laughs> oh, like bro. I should not even come oh. home. We're that's like, how, we're in this together. We're oh. all gonna do this. But mm. I remember watching you, Scott. And, and Helen, I'm like, okay, if these guys can do it, like that really gave me a comfort and a, uh, it gave me the courage to, and my dancing was horrible. It was weird. It was awkward, just like most mm. of everybody else's. Mm. And, and, uh, but it was something that was like just pure and just really things really broke off of me. And it was watching you guys in the process that really helped that. Like, I don't think, I don't even know if I've ever told you that. No. And then I didn't be- think you were watching. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wish I'd known. Well, I'm not sure what was worse, actually. <laughs> That's true. Not knowing or knowing, um, right? And uh, at the end, I remember they, they kind of had everybody, because it, it was this, and this is kind of weird. If you've never been in, the, in this environment, sometimes they ask you to do these things that are actually very freeing, but they're kind of weird. And at first, I think the uh, one person sat and the other person danced, and then the, then they kind of took turns. Then at the end, they had everybody get up. And I remember me, you, and a couple of the other guys, like the kind like the old fogey section. We're in our forties, but I mean, we're definitely the old <laughs> fogies here. Yeah. Like we start dancing. At some point, we're doing the can can. It was just it was just fun. It I mean, was it was fun. just fun. <laughs> and I remember just dancing, and both of us hurt ourselves. Yeah, pulled a muscle in my car. dancing. <laughs> and but just again, just uh, way to go all out. Yeah, <laughs> but again, another example of the way that you guys led, not by. Follow me. I know the way. But were you led by just standing back and saying, I'm going to embrace this and I don't care who's watching. And, you know, then like, oh, people are watching. Yeah. But there's a freedom in that. And that's something that you carry and that you champion, whether you realize it or not. Yeah. Callison, <laughs> you're shaking her head. Oh, you I don't. put on a good, good appearance. No. Isn't just, it amazing, though, how God can use that stuff when you're like, oh, this isn't doing anything, and yeah. you're like, you have no clue. Yeah. What I'm God's glad doing it helped you, it. Chris. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it kept me from, it helped my uh, marriage, because if I would have left, Jamie would have killed me. Like, don't leave been. me hanging. <laughs> We're going to do this. <laughs> yeah. And that tiny little bit of breakthrough just might help you in the next challenge that it's true thing god's asking of you right well and i know it did for me that was really a turning point because i think that was in november of this last year i think is when it all was that happened just before the december school holidays yeah because in that wild can-can dancing that you were talking about yeah scott injured his calf yeah for our whole holiday yeah oh. and we didn't get to go to the redwood forest um Oh, we got oh, to go. Right. Got to go a month ago, and it was had an amazing yeah. time. So oh, well, good. God redeemed, God redeemed it. it. You got to do it. So last week we ended off with you. You had decided. So you 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 did this prophetic thing. This this dance. 
or no, yeah, the the, the um, drama. Drama, yeah. Yeah, this pro- so you did this prophetic drama and was powerful and amazing. And then you, if that wasn't enough, you're like, here, hold my beer. I'm going to do take this to one <laughs> level higher. <laughs> and you're like, I'm going to speak in public. And you did that. It was phenomenal. In front of the whole school. And like, like if we couldn't top this, you end up doing this rap mm. in front of everybody. Yeah. So yeah, how did that come uh, yeah, about, Yeah, tell us Scott? about that one, Scott. Yeah, well, during one of our revival group meetings, um, we were given more challenges and everyone had a challenge written on a bit of paper stuck underneath their seat and someone got chosen at first and they pulled out their challenge and fulfilled it, hopefully, uh, with much fear for a lot of them. (laughs) But um, then someone else got chosen and they got given the prophetic rap song that they had to sing, and they noped. I mean, they like, re- like they like. I'm and not understandably st- so. Oh, I think oh, I yeah. would have too. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was it, it was like like Roadrunner, Wiley Coyote, <laughs> like you leaving this this human shaped hole out the door. Yep. Which I'm like, if I I would have done the same thing. Oh, and I would have too. At and that I time. would have. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and but after the end of the day, um, I was thinking about that rap song and thinking. Would I have done it or could I have done it? And just over the next week, and even at ch- I remember at church while we were worshipping, I kept getting these downloads of this, these lines for this rap song. Or some people might say a spoken word because I didn't sing it. It was more like a... It was a spoken word, definitely. Sp- spoken yeah. word, yeah. yeah. But in a sort of a twangy rap style. <laughs> it was. It was uh, awesome. With an American accent. I don't know where that came from, but anyway. <laughs> just so people could understand me a bit better, I think. And Why is it when, when, when non-Americans try to produce an American accent, they always go for like hillbilly south? That's what I want to know. Is that, is that how we sound to you guys? Uh, no. I think it's the easiest one to Probably. replicate. Yeah. Well, yeah, all y'all do. Yeah, you know? right. You go Texan on us. You watch Forrest Gump enough. Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. You pick up a bit of the, oh, yeah. Uh, bad analogy. But great movie. Um, so a week or so later, we're having a revival group meeting and I'd written this song and then I'd asked Tracy in the middle of it, I, I snuck up to him and said, could I sing this rap song? And Tracy being Tracy, I mean, you could ask him, could I run around the auditorium in a chicken outfit? And he'd say, yes, if it brings healing to you. He's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he said, yeah, go for it, Scotty. So, um, yeah. So I hushed the crowd down because once I told him I'm going to sing a rap song <laughs> and I, I did this rap spoken word um, and oh my goodness it just brung, brought me so much inner healing um, even now I'll read, I'll read it and just it was on a mental health journey that I've been on for what I think has been my whole life and it brought me freedom from, from it's still bringing me freedom and I've still got a long journey to go but it was the start of the journey I'm on, which has brought me some freedom. Wow. Yeah. Mm. What I think is really neat is that, like, we've been talking about these risks that we're encouraged to take in, um, you know, these exercises that we do. Like, really, you're confronting the fears that you have in your life, and that really does bring breakthrough by stepping out and 
doing them anyway. You know, and we still, mm. like Tracy always called it challenge by choice. Yeah. Like you really can yeah. say no. Like if it was never for. you could say no to his loving gaze. <laughs> but you, you always had no. the choice. Like that's, that's yeah. a big thing that we're taught in our environment. Everyone is free to choose. But, you know, they do want to challenge us and put us in opportunities where we we are encouraged to take risks. So, mm. yeah, and that's what you've been so beautifully doing. Like, wow, to an extreme level that's just been so neat to see. And inspirational. I mean, yeah. it really has been. And I know that there's other people that have gotten freedom from the risks that you have been able to take. Mm. It's, it's powerful. I just want to give um, credit to so many other people in um, BSSM that have had breakthrough and healing in a quiet way too because mine's been sort of externally and physical and you could actually see it um but i know a lot of people and i know you know this as well but a lot of people have had a lot of freedom Mm -hmm. which hasn't been external it's just been internal Mm -hmm. and um yeah I just wanted to say that. Yeah, that's I think good. that's a good point because sometimes we focus so much on the external. Right. Yeah. But, you know, like one of the girls had come back um, this year to do second year. And I remember as soon as I saw her and she struggled with some things and I saw her, I'm like, you're not the same person. Right. And she's almost like surprised, you know, kind of like sometimes Helen is when we say nice things. She's like, it's <laughs> like some, you just don't realize like, no, you, there is some, like, there's a, almost like this glow to yeah, you. Everyone else can see the, yeah, just the transformation that's happened on us sometimes when we can't see it. It's just beautiful. Yeah. So Helen, not only did you receive a great amount of, of freedom um, from self-hatred and these ideas of, 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 uh, just not worthiness, not liking yourself, all of these things in a very dramatic way. Like, again, if you haven't listened to the first part of the podcast, hit pause on this and go back because this story is so powerful. But you're also dealing with like cynicism, yeah. like, like it almost like a spiritual type of yeah, thing. Yeah, I became very aware of it at the Randy Clark conference. It was the last session and I'd been really enjoying it and belief for healing and, um, God had been touching me through the conference and then I honestly can't remember what they said but it was just I just suddenly got so cynical of everything look at all those people standing up we're going to get healed it's not going to happen anyway and why are we bothering this is far too hard and doubt and cynicism just flooded me like to a point that I actually just walked out and left and it has happened previously quite often in a corporate setting and I was just processing it, saying, oh God, what is this? And I was thinking about it. And my family on my father's side is quite cynical often. I've grown up with it. And I used to be very sarcastic and cynical and probably still am to a point. And I blame it on my analytical mind. I'm just being analytical. But I was aware that quite often we would just really put things down and focus on the negative and... And even here, I was in a healing conference basically saying, this is rubbish, it's all rubbish, it's a waste of time. So do you think this, the cynical side, do you think this is, was something that was like a generational type of thing? I feel like it might have been because I explained it to some um, leaders and they said it most likely could be generational, especially it is clearly evident yeah. in my brother, my father, my uncle and my grandmother. Yeah, I would say there's probably enough evidence yeah. to say that it's generational. You know, one of the things we have to realize with generational curses is that, yes, Jesus came and his power, like he broke 
those curses. Like those curses no longer have legal ground and authority to be there. But what happens is, is that we actually empower them. It's kind of like, you know, when you empower a lie, you empower the liar, you know? And so some of this really comes down and and the Bible actually talks about old Testament says that, that a, a, a curse will be passed down. The curses of the father will be passed down to the third and fourth generation. And what happens is, is that we are, on the spiritual side of it is that we are, are, are taught these things and we empower that by agreeing with it. But in the natural, we're just, we we're brought up that way and we're brought up a way to look at things and those things kind of take root early on. So yes, Jesus does have the power and he did destroy those things, but we have to make the decision whether we're going to partner with certain aspects of our personality. And so I a hundred percent agree with, with that is that, yeah, yeah it was, it's a generational thing. Yeah, and so what happened was someone led me through a process of coming out of agreement with it because I had heard that teaching that the enemy has no right unless we agree. So Mm -hmm. I came out of agreement and we prayed about it and it just still felt like it was there. And So one day we had a class at school and the normal teacher couldn't make it so she sent another pastor who we had never seen before and he was just ministering and I started physically feeling distress, a little, a little bit like I had in the revival group with the self-hatred. And some leaders came and prayed for me and said, well, what do you think's going on? Has anything been bothering you? And I said, yeah, I feel like it's cynicism and doubt and I feel like it is my family line because I can see it evidenced in that. So they prayed with me again and I this time I really felt a release in something. I felt some freedom and I felt lightness and joy, which I don't feel bubbly joy quite often like some people do but I actually felt joy this time Mm. and so that was good and I wrote it in my diary that night two nights later something just shifted in my mind and I turned to Scott and said I want to live and this is significant Mm. for me because as we've discussed I was suicidal for most of my life and even though I dealt with a lot of that and had come into some freedom with that I still felt no no actual desire to live. Mm. For me, there was no hope. There was no reason to live. So even though I would no longer think I want to die, I didn't really want to live either. Mm. And I felt the shift and I felt the hope. And I said to Scott, I want to live and I'm excited about what God has planned for me. Wow. So this was a big shift that even being excited and believing that God had a good plan for me, whereas my my life previously had not really seen much goodness of God. Mm -hmm. So let's just pause here real quick and just talk about this idea of suicide. Now, I I do think that this is a spirit. I do think it's a demonic entity that tries to bombard and come in. Now, it happens a lot of times it does partner with other things. Self-hatred is one of them. Cynicism, criticalness is, is another one that comes in like, I can't live up or other people can't live up, being disappointed. All these different things come in. And because suicide is is never, you know, those dark thoughts never come from Jesus. Because the Bible says, John 10, 10, that, that, that the devil comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And it's not always him coming in to actually kill you with a knife, but he will kill you with the thoughts, trying to take away your destiny, trying to take away your... Um, self-worth and really take away what he, what God has placed inside of you. And this is where we've really got to confront this. Like if you start feeling those thoughts, one of the only ways is to actually begin to expose it 
and call it for what it is and begin like if you are sitting there thinking about that or if that's something that pops into your mind you've got to you've got to confront that and just say you know what jesus did not create me for this because he created you for life you know the devil comes to steal kill and destroy but jesus has come to give life Mm -hmm. an abundant life it's not just living it's living in abundance Mm -hmm. and uh, you've got to tell somebody You've got to yeah. expose that for what it is, because if you try to take this on by yourself, a lot of most of the time people just do not get the same level of freedom, or they end up falling into that. So if that's you that's struggling with it, tell somebody. Yeah, that's why it's really crucial. I mean, and I'm sure you can attest to this, like the, for especially the past year of you being here and being in community with people who are like-minded that can help encourage yeah. you on your walk toward freedom and continued freedom pursuing that like that's crucial to have the people around you and yeah to help recognize that when you maybe even can't well that's right and recognizing that it's not actually your thoughts because i only found that out a few years ago that most of the things i was thinking probably weren't my thoughts right it certainly helps you to start that process of the journey to freedom that's good yeah and that's and especially husbands and wives tell your tell your spouses be honest be vulnerable you know if you don't have that tell a pastor tell a friend you know call a hotline do whatever you need to do because you will not get freedom until that thing is completely exposed and you know and i've lived through something similar you know when you hear our story um you know i I try to fight those things but until you come into agreement with what god says about you you just keep on falling over and over and over again so I want to kind of move into something that kind of happened recently. Yes, less than six months ago. <laughs> that, that six months ago, you were literally hobbling around with a walker. Yes, and, and in a wheelchair. Yeah, That's and right. in a wheelchair. Yeah, we were in a school where we believe in healing. <laughs> and you... <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it, this is an interesting environment is that, that uh, you know, we, we also understand the supernatural power of God, but there's also sometimes process. Yeah. And God never causes things. And so six months ago, you were... Out for a walk. Just so, a normal walk. Yeah, late March, we'd gone up to Castle Craig, which was one foot deep in snow. So we'd had to change our plans. We went to Shasta Dam and I stepped up onto the curb to look out over the water and when I turned around, I forgot that the curb was only about six inches wide. It's just a little curb on the edge of the road. Mm. And so I turned around and just fell straight off a foot to the ground onto the concrete road and landed right on my hips, mm. my oh. left hip bone. Mm. And I knew straight away, because I've fallen before, and, oh, it's a bit sore. This was not good. I knew oh. something was wrong deep just inside. Just excruciating pain right off yeah, the bat. Yeah, well, not excruciating, but really bad pain. And I was just kind of yelling. And then I thought, okay, it, maybe it's getting a bit better. And I rolled onto my back. And I thought, well, let's get up now. And as soon as I moved my leg, I screamed like Billy O. It was about a 12 out of 10. It oh, just wow. was not good. So I lay back down. I thought, okay, maybe that was just temporary. <laughs> and then I, I think I probably tried one more time. And that's like, no. No, and I'm lying there thinking we don't have insurance. So I have to die here or be healed <laughs> straight away. God, yeah. I'm not going to the hospital. You have to heal me now. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and you just called out, ring an ambulance, Scott, ring an ambulance. And that's what I'm sad to say. My first thought was, 
we can't afford an ambulance. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> We're healed right now. Yeah. Oh, man. And then neither oh. of our phones worked. So we're like trying oh, to ring There was no service in that area. Well, no. Fortunately, some passers-by, their phone worked. Okay. So they just, they walked by just at that moment. So we were on yeah. the phone to 911 and then the security guy, someone told okay. them and they came. So that was okay. But yeah, lying there for about an hour. Wow. I had two fire trucks, eight firemen helping me, but they couldn't do anything. We had to wait till the ambulance came. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Which is kind of ironic, three fire trucks next to Shasta Dan. <laughs> 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 right? Yeah. So what was going through your mind, seeing your wife laying on the ground in pain and you not being able to do much of anything? I was really really upset me seeing Helen fall um, and I couldn't do anything about it because I was only I was about two meters away and just the way she fell it was um, yeah it just like a tree trunk it was like a tree trunk and she just fell without even correcting herself I just felt it was a real spiritual binding we can talk about that later but just yeah but just seeing her fall and just the scream of pain and uh, you know I couldn't do anything about it and and she couldn't move an, an inch without this just pain and yeah it, it really wrecked me so Scott in, in the midst of all that so you felt like did you feel like guilty like I did uh, we'd been to Castle Crag Helen wanted to do a walk down this path in the snow and I I said no 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 I, for some reason I just didn't feel comfortable walking this particular path so we said let's go to Shasta Dam and walk along the wall instead and so I felt it was, I was responsible for Helen's fall because I suggested it we'd gone there and she'd fallen and I couldn't catch her in time so I just felt responsible um, so when you saw her falling did you just did you did you feel like you froze up or why what what way did you feel like you're responsible it happened so quickly as most accidents do and, and you were probably six feet away anyway so you yeah you couldn't have reached me and the way she fell i thought I, for the whole time she was falling down she i was thinking oh she's going to correct herself you know like a cat re- corrects itself when, when when it falls or jumps um but no limb no arm came out to stop her and it was just like i was watching her in slow motion mm. you know i felt it was a real spiritual bindage Wow. That um, was holding her and from stopping her from correcting anyway. So both of you, in a way, were kind of like, so you, you were kind of frozen from correcting yourself. You were mm. frozen from trying to run over there to, to get her. So mm. this yeah. brings up all this, I mean, really trauma, mm. yeah. too, that it like was. you're dealing with all of this stuff, watching some of that you love get hurt. You're in excruciating pain. Mm. So now if this would have happened a year ago, or two years ago, this would have been even more devastating because of where you were at. Yeah. So it was only in February that I decided I really wanted to live. Yeah. This was late March. And I do remember lying on the bridge going, all right, God, you're just going to have to help me because I don't know how to get through this. So I gave it to him. And I was just aware the whole time. So it was a good eight weeks recovery, but the first five weeks for very difficult so how bad so exactly what had happened after you got to the ambulance in the hospital so i fractured multiple bones in my pelvis and one in my left wrist which made it very tricky because generally when you fracture your pelvis 
So you can't move anything from your hips down. But generally you can move yourself around on your hands. But yeah. I only had one hand, so right. that made it hard. Yeah. So I was lying in the hospital bed. I couldn't even roll over. I was in pain. They were giving me pain meds, but if I moved my leg it hurt, so I don't know how that works. Um, mm-hmm. But they didn't want to put me on really strong stuff, so that's fine. And for me, I'm a very active person. Oh, yeah. I'm always busy. Right. I'm always doing things. We love hiking and going mm. to the gym. And here I am. I can't even roll over. I had to use a bedpan, which is just horrific. <laughs> not not fun. <laughs> and, you know, they're talking about 12 weeks before you can bear weight on your legs. And I'm like, what? I can't lie in a bed for 12 weeks. Um, so it was terrifying but at the same time i was able to just go okay god you're gonna help me thank you and it just brought me back down from the fear and i never never once said why didn't you catch me god why did this happen why are you bad to me and i know that i would have said that a year ago i was just every i was able to gain a new perspective like everything that happened i'm like wow, God made sure that that person was on the desk. And they, so the first amazing thing that happened was when we got to the ER and they checked us in, the young guy types my name in, type, 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 and we're waiting and wondering, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? <laughs> we can't afford this. How much is it going to cost? And then he says, right, I've signed you up for Medi-Cal. This won't cost you a thing. I'm like, you are kidding me. And he said, no, <laughs> it's, it's all signed up. You're accepted. It's going to be free. And so... Just the goodness of God was there and everything. So right then the and there at the hospital, they, they, they got you taken care of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's incredible. They, before um, even anyone saw me, before the doctors saw me, we knew it wasn't going to cost a thing. I still didn't believe him, to be honest. <laughs> you were like, oh, no. I was still expecting You're to have a, a tissue bill. or something that yeah. they're going to charge you $800 for. Yeah. Yeah. So we had three <laughs> nights in the hospital, CAT scan, x-rays, treatment doctors and tens oh, two, of thousands two of operations, two, oh, operations. two operations yeah, yeah. so wow. screw put in your sacrum yeah, yeah. wow yeah. so that was just god's goodness from the very moment and the the crazy thing is i just rested in that goodness and i celebrated it as much as i could my perspective just shifted on everything mm-hmm. but i'm confident that if it had have happened six months a year ago it could well have just been the last nail in the coffin i just would have gone i can't do this maybe wow. i don't know but yeah mm-hmm. and that was, it was a long recovery process yeah and you you had a phenomenal very sexy male nurse <laughs> <laughs> he was amazing very like human. we went overnight from normal to him being 24 7 carer and he had to do mm-hmm. everything nearly for me mm. um he had to get me in bed out of bed dress me shower me cut up my food um, wow. and it was hard for both of us because he just had to do everything and I had to sit there patiently waiting while he did everything before I could ask him, oh, now I need a drink of water. <laughs> oh, now I need this. Oh, I'm sorry, I dropped that. Can you pick it up? Wow. And yeah, he patiently did it all. Yeah, because Helen, I look, she's like a hummingbird and I'm like a big brown bear. Me having like fatigue, um, look, ADHD and fatigue, chronic sort of fatigue problems, um, not my normal day is pacing myself and when I I know my limits and I need to rest I just stop and rest you know put the feet up because I have to physically to recharge but I was on I was game on for 
24-7 and it, yeah, it nearly pushed me over the edge too. Just, yeah. I, wanted, I was so happy to be there for Helen, but it was, it was such a difficult time for me too. Wow. Yeah. We got a, a medical bed after a, f- a couple of days of nightmare. Not sleeping. Not sleeping oh, in a normal right. bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of those automatic beds which go up. Up every different shape you can imagine. Yeah, because yeah. you had to convert your living room into the bedroom because you guys have yeah. a two-story apartment. Yes, but praise God, there was a toilet downstairs. <laughs> That's true. That was mm. good. The little things, yeah. just right. the little things. Yeah, so I wasn't sleeping well. So the first few nights before we got that bed, every probably hour or two, can you change my pillows? Can you roll me over? Can you put the pillows like this now? I can't sleep. And he wow. didn't sleep either yeah. because he was sure. right there. And that was like every half hour, if that. Yeah. Mm. So... Mm. And but we go to bed. But we go it was to bed. Awesome. So the Lord yeah. provided for those things and, and you know changed your relationship for the better. Yeah. The other thing that really impacted us was our revival group. They all um, offered help, and some of them came and cleaned our house, and people bought meals, and people just came and sat with me and gave Scott a break so that he could go and do things. Yeah. Were you, were you used to? Like things like that happening oh, previously. No. We are like, very independent. Uh, we don't ask anyone for anything, uh-huh. if yeah. all possible. <laughs> um, so this kind of had to break the independent spirit right. of both of us. We still, we still struggle with that. But in that period, I was able to do it a lot easier than Scott. Still, wow. Mm. Um, yeah, that is a huge. That's a hard thing for a lot of people mm. to let others in to the, your most yeah. vulnerable moments and. You know, feeling like, well, I should just be able to do all this, but really, in those times of need, it's it's humbling. But boy, God's love is truly shown when we let yep. others in and let them help us and let them serve us. And yeah, that's so sweet. It was beautiful. And one of the girls who plays cello from our group, she even came and played cello over me, which wow. was lovely. Yeah, that was yeah. special. Wow. That was oh my goodness. You know, and I think that's the importance of community. Yeah. You know, because, you know, because that was one of the things I think Jamie and I were talking one day and it's like, oh, being away from home, you know, being away from home and from family. And I remember you had just said, I think you and I were talking and you're like, you know what, we have a community and support here that we wouldn't have had anywhere else. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty is that sometimes we try to avoid community. You know, sometimes it's just easier to be the lone ranger and going out. But, you know, it's in times like this where you need your friends. You know, there's that that that, that proverb that says, is it better to have a friend that is nearby than a brother that it's far off? Yeah. And, you know, and again, I don't, and I, we... We believe that God is good all the time, that God never causes, like God didn't sit there and go, oh, I'm going to break Helen's hip no, today. Yeah, to teach Absolutely her a lesson and show her how much she needs community. No, yeah. he did not do that. So the other thing during this process, we would go to the healing rooms every week and I absolutely believed that God would heal me and I'd stand up. Hold on, let's let's explain what, I want you to explain what the healing rooms rooms are. The healing rooms is a place where every Saturday you can come and ask for prayer for healing and it's set up with different stages. So when you first come in, you fill out your paperwork and explain what you would like prayer for. Mm -hmm. And it's mostly physical, but you can put emotional things or mental issues and they pray with you a little in the waiting area. And then you get taken through to the next stage where they teach you a bit about healing, show you a video that explains that it's absolutely God's will to heal us. Mm-hmm. He gave everything in his son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross and bore stripes that we would be healed. And so sometimes that's a big mindset 
change for people that it is actually God's will for healing. Mm-hmm. And then you move into the encounter room, which has dancers and worshippers, and you can have communion, and then you sit and wait there, and then people will pray with you for healing. Wow. So that was something that we went to every weekend once we could get out of the house after coming mm. home from the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the f- first weekend that I was there, my right leg grew out about an inch and then my left leg grew out two inches to match it or something like that. They wow. both grew out. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. And look, I absolutely believed for a miracle that I would just stand up and walk. Mm-hmm. And while that didn't happen, not once did my faith in God's ability to heal or his will to heal me um, disappear. That's I still believe. So we went every week and every week my legs grew out, which I think was part of just the shifting of the muscles and the tendons. Mm-hmm. But it was amazing to see that because I'd seen it happen in other people and my in my own body, I saw God basically moving my legs supernaturally in my physical body, which wow. was very cool. And I Which do was be- probably connected to your hips too and your whole yeah. alignment from yeah. that fall. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I do believe that God accelerated the healing because only four and a half weeks after being told, after the accident and being told it would be at least eight weeks before I could bear weight on my legs. So I was using pretty much, I was still in the wheelchair if we had to go a long distance, but I was shuffling along on the walker. At four and a half weeks, I walked across the graduation stage for yes, school. Yes, you did. Unassisted, unaided, without the walker. That was and only four and a half weeks later? It was later. only four and a half weeks. That is amazing. And you went up the steps too. I went yeah. up the steps and I went down the steps. Yeah. And wow. during the, one of the healing rooms, um, you walked up the steps I onto did. the stage Yeah. a week yeah. or two before that. So. Yeah, and people who've had these kind of injuries would say, I can't believe you're doing this already. I lay in bed for eight weeks. And mm-hmm. so wow. it was definitely God. It was definitely an accelerated healing. Yeah. And I'm not even disappointed about the lack of instant miraculous healing the first week because I do believe God used that process, those nights with him, because I didn't sleep very well in my back, so I wasn't sleeping. Mm -hmm. And I got very close to the Father in that time. It's the closest I've ever felt because it was just me and him. There was nothing I could do. There was nothing to distract me, which is my one of my problems. And it was really sweet that there was that time. And even now, sometimes when life gets busy again, I think, gee, that was nice when it was just me and God <laughs> and I had nothing else to do. Hmm. Let's do that again without the, you know. Yeah, no without problem. the hip. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can still do it without <laughs> the hip. Without the what? Without breaking my hip. I, <laughs> yeah. But it was a training that period part. that right. I can achieve that closeness with yeah. him because it's something I'd always struggled with my whole life, um, to feel close to the Godhead and... Wow, that's so beautiful. Yeah, and that is just so evident in your guys' lives, Mm -hmm. you know, and just even the humility that you walk in, too, is that you guys have a lot to brag about and probably should brag a little bit more. Testify. Come on. (laughs) Also, we went back to Shasta Dam um, once Helen was able to walk and completely able to walk easily. And we went back to the place where the accident was and it was just a completion of the journey we're on. We forgave each other. We, um, what else did we do? We huh? gave thanks for the way God was there the yeah, whole way, yeah. like the passerby with the phone and then the guy drove past and he mm. got security and just the fact that yeah, we, we every gave minute thanks. Of, yeah, God was there and knew what was happening. That's right. We didn't focus on what the devil tried to steal and kill and destroy. We focused on 
all the good things that God did in those each That's moment. That's powerful. That each, is so good. Yeah, every every step of the way, there was something to thank God about, mm-hmm. yeah. and and um, yeah, that was was definitely would recommend it if anyone had, has had an accident or significant um, trauma or significant mm-hmm. trauma. Um, it might be painful, but go back to the place where it happened if it's possible. If it's not too traumatic for when you, you feel know. that you're ready when you feel yeah. you're ready and, and go with know. someone who yes. will stand with you absolutely yeah. go with someone and ask ask the father um about that journey what can i be thankful for what have you shown me and t- taught me through this journey and process mm. well as, as we kind of come into an end here um helen i i think because of what you've been through is that you do carry an authority um, especially over this self-hatred, cynicism, suicide area. And so I, I want to ask you, like, I'm going to kind of do the same thing I did with Scott, and we do this with a lot of different guests on here, is that I want you to, if like, if you could talk to yourself a year or two ago, or if you could talk to somebody who's listening to this podcast that is struggling with that self-hatred, and thinking about the self-harm or whatever it is, what is it that you would say to them? What do you want them to know? Well, I think the first thing that helped me realize what was going on was just understanding that they were not my thoughts, that it was the enemy trying to steal from me and, and destroy my life, and that took a little bit, to get used to because the thoughts will feel so real to you they will feel like they really are a part of you and quite often the enemy uses circumstances in your life to almost validate what you're thinking and prove that it's true Mm. so I would say to you that these are not your thoughts and if you are wondering well how can I tell whether or not they're my thoughts you only need to turn to the word where God talks about his love for us, sending his son for us. And he sent his only son to die for us, which shows you the value that he has just for us, that if you would sacrifice something of such great value, you must really value the thing you're sacrificing it for. Mm. And so if you have such great value in the eyes of the Father, every other lie that tells you you have no worth, you have no value, you do not deserve to live, is just rubbish. Mm. you have been able to realize this it is really important to get those lies out of the darkness and into the light and if you have a trusted friend or a leader a church person that you can go to or even a helpline that you can ring that's great and if even if you don't have that do you know what just say it out loud in your own room and say god this is what I think's happening. I'm just going to say this out loud to you, God, if that's all you've got. But definitely seek help. And part of the process is really just coming out of agreement with the lies that you're believing. And that can be really challenging. Like when I came out of agreement, agreement with self-hatred, I'm like, but who am I without this? Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know how to see myself anymore. And so there's great value in reading the word and seeing how God sees you. And you can just Google it. You just verses on how God sees me. It's it's that easy these days. And you can find some of those verses and don't overwhelm yourself. Just start with one or two that really resonate with you. Oh, that's how God sees me. He made me 
perfect in his image. In Genesis 1, it says we are made in God's image. Mm -hmm. So that gives us great worth to start with. If we're made in the image of God, we are of extreme value. Yeah. Um, It just... (laughs) It blows me away everything that you guys have been through Mm -hmm. and how well that you lead, not necessarily from the front, but you lead from your lifestyle and what God has done. And that is such a powerful and rare thing for people like you to embrace that and really carrying like this mother and father anointing, like you champion the people around you. Mm-hmm. And I think that has a lot to say about who you are and what God has done for you. Yeah, it's just been so encouraging to watch your transformation, but not, and even when you're in process yourself for walking that out, how how God is using you because you're yielding yourself to him, to how he's using you to help deliver other people as well and to walk them through their process. So I hope everyone's encouraged by that. Yeah. And so I do want to say that if you are struggling with suicidal self-harm thoughts, if you're dealing with these dark, dark things that I agree with Helen, reach out to somebody. And if you don't have somebody to reach out to, if you go on to the description page, there is an email that, that goes to us and that we do check and we do read that you could send us an email and we will do our very best to try to connect you locally with somebody if we can, or we'll just encourage you in any way that we can. Mm-hmm. And so if there's nobody else, you're, you feel like you're by yourself, reach out to us and mm-hmm. we'll do what we can to try to point you in the right direction for that healing and wholeness. Yeah. And so, guys, I thank you so much, yes. Scott, Helen. You my guys pleasure. are rock yeah, stars. <laughs> Plus, you got these amazing accents. I know. That just, it's I gonna... ever, that was the best no, part. You have the accent. <laughs> I don't. Oh, I don't. That's right. We have the accent. <laughs> I sound like a hillbilly. I, I keep on telling people I'm just a cr- complex redneck. That's really what I am. <laughs> so, well, we love you guys. Yep. And uh, thank you again for listening. We will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for having us. Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. Please like, subscribe, and share with your friends. And follow us on social media. And never forget, you're not alone.